0: Hi, I'm Jim, and I'm David, and this is the Practical, Practical Guitarist Podcast, the podcast for people who eat, sleep, and breathe guitar. The Practical Guitarist Podcast brought to you by Great Lakes Guitar Pickups. Great Lakes Guitar Pickups provides fantasy tones at prices of practical guitars to will love. Featuring top-notch construction, attention to detail, and a fully custom product, if you can dream it, Great Lakes Guitar Pickups can probably build it. Follow them on Facebook at facebook.com slash Pickups. Are you a regular listener? Why not? David here reminding you of all the ways you can participate in the Practical Guitarist podcast. Subscribe using your chosen podcast app review us on itunes stitcher iHeartRadio, or google play find our facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash practical or on twitter as at guitarist support the show merchandise is available in our threadless store at practical dot and donate to us via patreon available at patreon.com slash practical guitarist Reach out to us directly via email at questions at practicalguitarist.com. Hello, Jim. We have a lot to talk about tonight. We do, David. I have the full docket here. <laughs> I feel like a court reporter. Start with your segment. Let's talk about let's talk about tales from Guitar Center here. <laughs> oh, news. don't do it
1: anymore. <laughs> I hope this isn't news. <laughs> If I have to, if I have to hear Jesus. you have a guitar pick one more time. All right. So <laughs> we we really should just carry around like pockets full of them all day long. I I had a guy come in. I'm just going to tell one story because I thought this one was funny, and then we'll move on. Because I got to save okay. some of the funny ones. And uh so today, a guy walks in, and he says, "I'm looking for the uh, I'm looking for the guitar picks." He's literally standing next to the guitar picks. Yeah. I'm looking for the guitar picks. I said, well, they're right here, sir. You've come to the right place. So he goes, I want some more of these. He pulls out a pocket, a handful from his pocket of guitar center guitar picks. (laughs) Wait a minute. So he he wants the guitar center branded ones. Yeah. And then I'm not sure where this came from because he could be really he could have actually been somebody famous. I, I don't know.
2: I
0: wish but, that the viewers could see my facial expressions.
1: Yeah. I mean, like a handful, right? <laughs> like like you would have like a handful of gum that you were about to give yeah, out. Yeah, like, like here, here I yeah. just pre shoot this. Like, here, take it. It gets funnier. So then he goes, Yeah, I was hoping for you to give me some more of these. And I'm like, Okay. I mean, I don't care. Yeah, like they, they're promotional, so they're, yeah, they're promo. And he goes, well, I throw them out to people when I play to cra- to crowds. I'm like, okay, awesome. Wait a minute. What? Yeah. He, th- <laughs> he throws what? them out
0: to people. So you, I, now, that, this, is that, I, I, the only way I can see this actually working is in like a comedy routine. He's like, here, take a pic. And then they throw it out to the audience, and the
1: guy looks at it, and he goes, Guitar Center? Uh-huh. I was hoping to have this guy's famous name on it. Yeah, right. I have no idea what his name was, but I just thought it was hilarious. Um, First name guitar, last name center. Yeah, first name guitar, last name center. Phone numbers on there and everything. All right, ladies, give a call. (laughs) So, yeah, I want to talk to something else after that, but that's that's a bigger it's a bigger thing. So let's get to let's get to our first. You have so many things on the agenda. I think we get to we need to get to our first. Yeah, talk it's
0: podcast. it's straight up nightmarish tonight. Yep. <clears throat> Jim is rubbing his eyes vigorously right now.
1: I don't know why. I
0: <laughs> allergic reaction.
1: No, I came so <clears throat> I came home. Actually, I was driving home and I needed to get uh some Tums and stuff. So I drive into Walmart, I get the stuff, I walk back out, drunk Tums and bread. That was it. That's all I <laughs> Oh shoot! Now I see the other thing. I was supposed to get hazelnut coffee, made. Anyway, so I leave. Eh. Uh, I leave Walmart and I decide. Okay, there's a Mod Pizza right there. I drive into Mod Pizza. I order a Fred. Now the Fred hasn't been on the the docket any much longer because it was a it was a summer promotion promotional thing. But the guy said, "Oh yeah, I remember how to make one." Makes me a pizza. I get home and it's a white pizza. Fred is a red pizza. All Fred was was a. Was a here we go, people. I know you're gonna hate me for that. Pineapple and ham pizza. All right, yes. pineapple on my pizza on a plain old pizza. I had he made this white pizza with arugula and all this other stuff. And I'm like, what the f- is this? I couldn't even feed it to the dog. He looked at it like, oh, this is gross. So I called there. I had to go back. They, they did refund me, I had to drive home. So I was an hour and a half which should have taken me 20 minutes. Well, it took me an hour and a half. I just don't
0: understand like so Mod Pizza has promotional pizzas, right? Like they do that thing. But they really don't right. have promotional pizzas because they have the same ingredients every day <laughs> of the year and you can get
1: whatever you want on anything you order. But the Fred instead of just pineapple, it was baked pineapple. Yes, that was the difference. That's the only thing they don't have on the on the menu all year round is baked Pineapple. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the Fender Ultra Stratocaster of Pizzas. Just saying. One no. minor ingredient.
0: The rest is the same. Yeah, just the heel is like different, you know.
1: <laughs> I just had to say that, but I, I want to say good things about the ultra later, but I was I just want to say that. <laughs> all right. So let's go into your first talking point.
0: <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So I got a bunch of stuff to talk about tonight. I'll try not to dominate things to us because I want to make this more a discussion than anything. But before we do that, we do have a discussion group. It's in Facebook. Um, You can join our podcast group and I would encourage you to do so. We have an active community there. It is the practical guitarist podcast on Facebook. And there's a page in the group and you want to join the group. And when you join the group, I will, or Jim will approve you. And then we will proceed to make you feel either uncomfortable or comfortable, depending on how you feel. Yep. <laughs> and we have, uh, <laughs> We have a Patreon group. If you like the show, you listen a lot, uh, you can, you know, give us a buck a month or whatever and, you know, help us keep the lights on. Um, And we got a threadless store. If you like, you know, merchandise and that kind of thing, we got, you know, coffee cups and shirts and all that kind of nonsense. You can find all the links for those things in our uh, Facebook group. And I would encourage you to take a look. So um, that's that's the, the plug information for the show. And yes, I know we do it in the bumper, but everybody skips the bumper. So we do it during the show every once in a while, too. Um,
1: That's right. We're not trying to say Patreon too much, but Patreon, 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 Patreon. Okay, I said Patreon as many times as I can say it. Patreon? Yes. Patreon. What,
0: I, I, it's been cutting out. I can't tell what you just said, Jim. Did you say Patreon? I thought I said Patreon. Um, I
1: might have said Patreon. I'm not
0: sure. sure. Yeah, we, we support the patronage system here, so... That's right. Um,
1: we, are, we are actually Patreons of other channels. Guys. Yes, we are. So... <laughs> <clears throat> it's just funny, you know. We're not yep. patriots of our own channel. We pay our own bills. So. Yes, we are. Uh, actually, if my voice sounds funny,
0: it's because I'm dealing with a, a cable mess on the floor here right now. Um. Anyway, so I got some new stuff this week. I got two pedals. We'll talk about one at the beginning of the show. We'll talk about one at the end of the show. Yep. Um. And one of them I bought – I kind of put my money where my mouth is. We've been talking in the group, and I posted a couple times that I was interested in, um, in this brand. And... I, I wanted to explore what they had to offer. Um, and it's not a, it's not a brand you're going to find in your local retailer. Um, but what is kind of interesting about it is, you know, of course I, I've been using the Kemper. That's my primary amplifier right now. Um, the Kemper lacks one thing, right? It lacks drives and it lacks really good distortion sounds. Like there's stuff in there. There's boosts and that kind of thing. Um, there's a tube screamer. There's a rat, but there's no, there's no clone, there's no um OCD, you know, there's no blues breaker, there's no that kind of stuff. Um that's right, there's no metal zone. And
1: why is that?
0: Uh, well, you know, <laughs> you, just, you can just use an amp instead. Um, and 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 I'll get to that too cuz I bought I bought uh I bought new uh, profiles today and I'm really excited about them. Awesome. Um so I bought the Source Audio Kingmaker fuzz. Now, for those of you that know me, you know I'm a fuzz guy, right? Um, it, I didn't buy this because it's a fuzz. That had a, uh, it had a, you know, it it did influence my decision making process, but it wasn't the core like reason. And I'll explain why. So source audio. When you get these pedals, they have three modes on them, right? So you get three fuzz pedals on one pedal, and that's basically the the uh, the way the Kingmaker comes. Is you in the center position, you have a fuzz face. On the left position, you have a big muff. On the right position, you have an Octavia. And my initial impression was like digital dirt, right? You know, it's a thing you everybody rolls their eyes about if you've played guitar for any length of time. Like digital dirt, this is gonna be garbage. Um, that has not been the case with the uh source audio stuff. Now, I um I actually knew somebody who had some of these pedals and it just like completely slipped my mind. But I got mine, I plugged it in, and it immediately was like, whoa. Uh, this is not what I expected. It's much better than I anticipated and I'm cool with it. Right. So it's kind of taking me down this path, looking at boards and all that kind of stuff. But aside from that, um, what, what makes the pedal cool is that if you get the editor software, which turns on your PC, your Mac, your iPad, Android devices, you know, what basically any platform, um, they have an app available. You plug it into the pedal either via, um, it's like a, uh, headphone jack. Or, or the bigger, ver- the, the what do they call it, the uh, TRS jack, um, to, uh, to a mini headphone plug that plugs into your device. And then you can use, or you can use USB, which they give you multiple connection options. Um, and then you use the software, and you've got two engines inside this thing, so you can have two distinctly different drive sounds going on at the same time. And not only that, but you can configure them in different ways stereo routing configurations so you have two ins and two outs you could theoretically have one distortion pedal on one output and another on another output and switch between it with an aby switcher or you could um you can stack them so like i can have a, a tube screamer going into a Klon. or you can um have like parallel so you can have like a you know a fuss face and a, and a tube screamer at the same time um and then you can have that going up mono or stereo So you can have like literally one cable goes one place, one cable goes another. Um, And all of these different uh, things um, allow you a lot more flexibility than you get with your standard like overdrive pedal. Um, Now here's where things get really crazy. So I was reading the manual and you can actually use the ins and outs, like one half of the pedal, ins and outs, as a loop inside this drive pedal so you can have things in a loop on the drive. It, I I honest to God, like I'm like, wait a minute, why would I even want to do that? But I can. Um it's it's extremely flexible. The software's great. It's pretty easy to use. Um, I sat around um I think it was Thursday morning for no, it's Friday morning for like for like an hour, just tinkering around, changing some sounds and uh getting the pedal dialed in the way I want it. And then you get you get six preset slots. So if you hold down the button from bypass for a few seconds, it blinks red, and then you go into preset mode. And in preset mode, you get three presets, right? But you can also use the three toggle switch, the three-way toggle switch on the front, and assign different sounds to it as well. So in that way, you get six sounds, right, out of the box. And um, the only drawback I found with the pedal is that it's it's nine volt battery only. Uh, not nine volt battery only. Uh. It, battery adapter you have to have a nine volt dc jack which is part of the reason why i'm looking at board now because i'm like well if i continue to use this and i actually co- incorporate my rig i need to have a power supply to go with it i have a power supply i still have the board so once i get it all uh, squared away that's what i'm going to do um but uh i think i think the uh kingmaker is is a kind of a misnomer because they call it a fuzz pedal the engines inside of it are like everything from light drive, amp emulation, um, all the way up to like, you know, heavy fuzzes and crazy stuff that you would normally get. And in fact, uh, it has 40, I think 42 different sounds in it, 42 different engines. And like I said, you can pair them up, and, you know, stereo parallel or whatever and go to town and, you know, kind of craft your own sounds. Um. Oh, and uh, it has fully parametric EQ inside as well. So. You get four. You get two. You know, two mid bands of parametric EQ and then a shelving filter for high uh, for highs and lows. And you can assign the controls to control you know any of the bands of EQ you want or um, a lot of the other parameters as well. So in that regard, it's it's extremely flexible. Jim, are you, are you on mute?
1: Yeah. because my nose has been.
0: Oh, he's he's a, he's yeah, he's uh, having an allergy I'm attack. Sneezing like crazy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Allergic to my own home, Jim. You had the, the reason why. Why I said that because I want to get you involved in the conversation. You had the Strymon Sunset, right? Right. Yep. How many functions did the Strymon Sunset have? If you plugged it into a computer, or could you even plug it into a computer?
1: None. And no. How much did it cost? <sighs> oh, geez. Three fifty. Yeah. Yeah, it was over three hundred dollars. Three. So three, three between
0: three twenty-five, three fifty, right? Uh, yep. here's where it gets fun, right? Diamond yep. Sunset, 350 bucks. Guess, Take a wild guess what the Kingmaker costs. It was $299. Okay, so that's yeah, $300 even. Yeah. Guess what the Kingmaker costs. What's that? The Kingmaker. How much do you think it costs?
1: $299. $150. $150. Was that a good what? guess? $150, <laughs> man. <laughs> Can you believe that, though? So, like, Star no. doesn't offer any of this extra functionality. No, th- th- but they did offer you the ability to buy yet – that's the reason why it costs so much – buy yet another pedal called the Favorite Switch so you could access one. Presets. Th- more presets. <laughs> presets. One. Not presets. Preset.
0: Yeah, single preset, right. Um, yeah. And
1: so that's what um, –
0: that's what initially drew me, drew me in this conversation. We had a we had a thing when the Iridium came back or came out a while back in the group where somebody was talking about the Strymon ecosystem, right? And yep. this is this is another component of the, the source audio thing, right? right? They have a legitimate ecosystem. Okay, so Strymon is modular like everybody else's pedals, right? You plug Correct. in the power, you plug a quarter inch in and you plug a quarter inch out or two quarter inch outs or whatever, depending on if it's stereo or mono. And it may have MIDI if it's one of the big box pedals, or some right. of the smaller box pedals. I think have MIDI as well, um, but right. not all of them do. And um, so I guess that's you know that's ecosystem, but but sort of because MIDI is kind of beyond ecosystem, right? Like MIDI is a is a industry wide standard at this point, right? Anything right. you want to automate, connect, talk to, it's going to have
2: MIDI.
1: And ergo, you can't really call MIDI an ego- ecosystem because no. MIDI. Means I could use any MIDI device. Right. Just as I use my boss to control my Marshall and I used my, um, you know, my line six to control the uh, um, the blue guitar amp one. So now,
0: we're going to have a deeper discussion yeah. about ecosystems later in the episode. So remember that. But but um, while well, I'm still talking about Source, they have a thing called the Neuro Hub. And it's just this little box that goes in your pedal board and powers up. And then it allows you to recall and store presets and it's your MIDI adapter for the whole system, right? So then you can, you can use this to control your, your system so that you can have like, you know, 24 presets all doing different things that are recallable at the tap of the switch. And it's as simple as you hold the button down for a second and then it saves a new preset. And then that new preset is assigned to, you know, MIDI parameter, right? Um, MIDI control, I think it's control code. Um but then they also and i think that powers it doesn't power but i think it, it it'll actually um control up to six pedals all at once um it's a pretty cool system if you've seen it function and sweetwater has a very good video on it i highly recommend if you're interested in in this product and in line of products you might want to watch that video um and then they also take you through their midi controller which has some nifty features which are like really specific to the neuro hub um and allow this whole system to work. Now you could easily drop if you got all the the um, if you got all their pedals, you could easily drop you know thousand bucks and and have you know basically a helix, right? Except without amp modeling. Um, that's all discrete pedals, so you could swap things in and out as needed um, and get a pretty flexible thing going. Um, what I think is interesting about what Source is doing is that they've chosen to keep things modular, um, whereas, you know, like Helix is all in one box, right? Um, and Source has, they have updated their pedals and stuff as well. So I know the uh, the Kingmaker originally came out with like 30-something models and then they added an extra 12. Um,
1: There's definitely an upside to that. Yeah. We keep going. Yeah, so um,
0: I'm just thinking about, you know, how Strymon does it now. So if we back up, because this is going to lead into the real discussion here. So if you back up and look at Strymon, uh, you hear people talk about the Strymon mothership, right? Which is like right the, the three giant Strymon pedals, and then maybe some other other like a drive, and you know, uh, right stuff like the sunset. Probably and, uh, the iridium now would be included or, in that, I would think. Um, yeah, and what is what I, I don't read a
1: big sky, right? Yeah, and, uh, big sky
0: timeline Mo- timeline. That's it. And Mobius,
1: and Mobius. Yep.
0: And if you put those three pedals on a board, those are all what. Four hundred and fifty bucks, I think. Jeez, yeah. All right, so let's call them four hundred, right?
1: Twelve hundred. Yeah, let's look at that's twelve hundred dollars
0: for the for the trifecta. That doesn't include your amps. That doesn't include your your dry pedals, right? Uh, yeah. Now, I've heard some other industry people buzzing and saying that the real amp modeler is coming, which is going to be their answer to the Helix and the uh, Axe Effects and stuff. But, but mark my words that this thing makes an appearance. Three grand. It will be $3,000. You think? Well, absolutely. I'm, I'm going to go absolutely because they have to be head and shoulders above everybody else in terms of price. They'll be beyond <laughs> fractal. They will. Yeah.
1: So, timeline, big sky, Mobius. I get, did I run out of?
0: No, you, timeline, big sky, Mobius. Then you need a dry pedal. Right. Right. And I'm just saying what they're big, that they're big
1: ones. That's the tribe. They- yeah. And that's $1,200 for those three. It's twelve hundred, and yeah, it's over twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, and not including three. your power supply and all that stuff. Right, and their power supply. Excuse me, I pulled a Rick there. Um, <laughs> that their power supply is two hundred fifty bucks for the Zuma. Yeah,
0: and, and you know what, the power supply. And is I'm not saying it's bad. bad. Their not, power supply is fine. Like, yeah, it's great. And actually, price wise, it's not insane <laughs> either. No. Um, and I know a yeah. lot of people who have bought in Zumas. But the whole reason the Zuma exists. Is because their pedals have weird power requirements. Right. So it's got
1: a lot of power. It's 500 milliamps each output. Bless me. And a lot of them are, what, 250, right? I, I missed
0: them. the mute button.
1: Yeah. I we're, we're, Jim's doing it, and so I'm, now I'm doing
0: it, too. That's that's what happened I, it, here.
1: It's It's what happens. Um, it's like yawning. <laughs> don't you yawn
0: right now, please.
1: Oh, no. Um, I can't. I'm not going <laughs> to yawn. So... So I want to talk a little bit about modularity. Are we ready to talk about modularity versus? Uh, well, putting it all into a box. Uh,
0: yeah, so I. Want to talk about? Yeah, we can start. We can start with that. Let's talk about yeah modularity.
1: Yeah, I mean, regardless of the price point, I mean, I don't see anything wrong, and I know you don't either with the with the Mobius or anything like that. They're 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 pricey, but I don't see anything wrong with them. Um, the uh, whether you're Stryman or you're. Uh, um, what's the company that you were just talking about? Uh, uh, source, source. Our Thank boss. you, Source Audio. I almost said Sound Audio. I'm boss. Like, no, sound. boss has done this. Yeah, too. Boss. Uh, boss is doing it now uh, again with their 200 line pedals. So you got their 500 line pedals, and you got their 200 line pedals. So now let's take whether you're Boss, whether you're Strymon, whether you're um, whoever. The upside of that versus a Helix is. Now, if I'm Strymon or I'm Boss or I'm whoever, I only have to update my uh, uh, modulation pedal, and that's it. And I don't have to update the whole thing, and I don't affect the whole chain. And I know that that in the ecosystem, and we'll talk about ecosystems more in a minute, but in the ecosystem, uh, each one provides for. For interconnectivity um, distinct, and control, yeah, it's right. a
0: distinct part of the platform, right. right?
1: Of right of each one. So if I was a Strymon person and I bought the Trifecta, it would make sense for me. It would really make sense for me to purchase the Iridium because, um, in in my mind, I and and it does make sense. I can I can launch my favorites from my Mobius from my timeline from whatever when i'm doing that control everything goes in a sequence and series of stuff and i don't and, and i'm not i'm not saying you can or can't do it with a with a blind six device with with midi as well but because of that i have a certain program uh uh knowledge let's say knowledge i don't know it's it's um, usually
0: easier to configure that
1: right and don't they make a a, a big box um, drive pedal? I can't remember what it was called. No, they do not. Oh, they don't. I thought I they thought do, for some they, reason they were. No, they do not. They hadn't done it yet then.
0: No, and a lot of people thought that that's what the iridium would wind up being, yeah. is it would have you know drive and other things in it. Um, I'm actually yeah. looking at the iridium right now, so um, just because we're talking about it, it does do full featured MIDI control, um, yeah. and it has access to three three hundred preset locations um and so the advantage of course would be that if you plug a midi cable in from each of these devices you do a program change up on one it's going to program change up on the others and so it's a lot easier to program having done that with certain manufacturers like i totally get it it makes sense to to do that if you don't want to go through the like the crazy programmability nonsense um that you're going to have to do with the switching
1: and then they have their own switch uh multi-switch which i don't know if this is expandable or not but it's a three button multi-switch for $99, ninety nine ninety dollars or ninety nine dollars, I don't think that's pricey. I honestly think that's a that's a reasonable price in Strymon's uh,
0: yeah, line. Yeah, I mean,
1: so yeah, I mean, it, I, go
0: ahead. It, well, I mean, so that's that's really the rub here, right? So, right. as we talked about Strymon in the past, like the reason why Strymon takes a hit from a lot of people is because the price. I mean, they're expensive. Um, yeah, nothing, not, and and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. They are expensive. They are expensive for what they are. Um, that doesn't mean they're not a good quality product. I'm not saying that I'm just saying like if any other dry pedal I want to buy, it's not going to be 300 bucks. Right. Any other cab modeler I want to buy is not going to be 400 bucks unless I'm buying something with a lot of other features that that does not have. Um, right. and so that's what I'm, that's more or less what I'm getting at here is like, yeah, there's a lot of great tools coming out of Strymon, but just mm-hmm. understand that like there are similar great tools for a lot less money. Um, well, I-
1: I felt like, just just kind of a aside here, I felt like um, Wampler was going to go down this road a year or two ago, because I remember him hinting. You're smiling, so you know something.
0: So, he's very interested in IR technology. Um, A lot of companies right now are, I mean, look, Sir has their IR load box, and uh, I've heard that that Rivera may be working on something. and that that's like a an emerging technology right and so i i have a feeling 2020 is going to be the year of irs and you're going to yeah. see an explosion of cabinet modeling apparatuses which is really funny because the chinese kind of led the charge with things like the the Moore radar right um but you're going to see these other products coming onto the market that are going to be more more focused and i wouldn't be surprised if drive does, or if boss for example doesn't come out with a line of drive pedals they're based on their popular stuff with a cabinet yep. emulated out with IR technology in it. They've already made the shift to using um, uh, surface mount components. It makes everything smaller. Yep. And you can actually fit the chip needed for IR loading um, or, or one of the chips needed for that. And yep. I mean, literally, you can put it on a switch. And and it's funny because I um, I, I shared with Jeff Adeki a while back. There was a company that had done this, right? They they bought I think it was a switch or it was or it was the output jack, I'm not sure which, that automatically had IR an IR loader on it. And you could literally just plug your USB cable in, load your IR, stick it on the thing, and then you're done. Right? Yeah. Um and I was like, when is this technology gonna make its way into the hands of companies like Ross who will be using it on everything at some point? Uh, Right.
1: Now Yeah, I I can see the I can see the Katana three having IR. Yeah, well, it already
0: does. It just doesn't well, have a loader. I, I mean, I right. it, it, a loader. It, I, yeah. So that's the thing. I don't know. So, like, if boss is going to do something, I don't know that necessarily they're going to put a loader on, like, you know, DS one for example. But they no. will put a a pre built IR there, and maybe it's right. on a different switch, or maybe like there's an internal dip switch that you can you can just toggle, and then all of a sudden the thing. Or knowing them, it'll probably just be a switch on the device itself and it'll and it'll turn it on or off. Uh yeah, I could see that like in their craft level cuz
1: you've got to there's going to exactly have to what be
0: thinking it wouldn't be like the base yeah. model but it would be like its own thing like maybe you call it um you know the the emulated line or something. Right. Well, whatever. Right. The what's the Japanese
1: word for emulate is. Um, um right. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh No, I don't know Japanese. No. But it, I do know So I, I, I want to talk while we're talking about the IRs I want to say something real quick. So I was a I was one of the people who thought okay uh fender when they put out the new one tone ir slash amp modeling amps that came out the deluxe and the um the reverb I-, I thought okay twin reverb i thought man okay it's it's gonna be a fast computer be... i was I-, I got to use one today for the one hour it was in the store because it was gone that fast was it good it was great it was great. I mean back to back, literally sitting back to back with its tube component um uh, thing. If I was gonna buy one, I would definitely consider that um that uh for the sound weight, state for,
0: version for the weight reduction. For
1: the rate, for the, the it is as good as you're gonna get. And and the truth is I I mean from a two by twelve built in for that unit, if that's all you care yeah, about. Yeah, well, if you're going to be a one amp person. Right, right. I would say one hundred percent. If I had to, if I was going to say I'm going to spend ten ninety nine on that, I'm going to spend nine ninety nine on this. I'm spending nine ninety nine on that. If that's the only amp I'm concerned. We we had that discussion before. Yeah, if as, it was the only amp I want. My
0: whole right. com- my whole complaint about the situation of those things was that not that the uh, the bottling was going to be good. Like I knew that that was going to be you know caught oh, on because it's only they they have one job. You know, you had one job. Yeah, one, one job. Um, no, uh, the <laughs> internet meme. <laughs> yeah you know, so they so I, I knew that was going to be good, but my concern was that like, dude, that's a lot of money for one job. You know, right. and, and, and basically with a weight reduction and i'll tell you i yeah. ran into a guy um um and, he, and, and i see him all the time at open mics like I, he's a, he's a, becoming sort of a friend of mine and um he has a deluxe reverb actually has several yeah. amps where he takes the he takes the cabinet and and hucks it in the closet and then builds a pine cat a solid pine cabinet or whatever because it's super light and i yeah. i i kid you not it's a 50% Reduction in weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like when you realize that, you go, yeah. So doing the digital things, great. But the maximum you're going to get in reduction is like 25%. That's yeah. why I'm like, I don't really feel like this is all that necessary. Now, if you want to future proof, you know, you probably get a tube amp at this point because we know they're going to be still so we'll be producing tubes for the next 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and who knows about, you know, the digital boards and those things and how long they're going right. to be, how long there's going to be longevity. And that's another, another part of where I'm going with the ecosystem. So yeah, we we, we started to talk about um, modularity, right? And the pedal right. board has really become like this, like Tinker Toy assembly thing for a lot of guitar players right. who are using the pedal board as their primary sound source and literally just using a clean, loud amp, right? Um, right, right. Which, you know, which there's, there's definitely that's a- merit to that. Um, I've done it and I'm sure everybody else in the group at some point has done this. Um, if you played out, you probably considered this as an option. So, um, with the plethora of pedals that are available today, modularity is great. Now, as far as ecosystem is concerned, I still, I, I still think there is a Strymon ecosystem because I think there is that easy functionality with their MIDI programming and all that. Um, I think they're missing a few key components to make their ecosystem strong. So let's let's back up. Let's talk about um, source for a second. And then we're going to I'm going to switch over. So to recap, source has their line of pedals, right? And they got delay, reverb, tremolo, actually don't have tremolo. They have delay, reverb, um, They have two different reverbs. And then they have uh, drive fuzz, which are basically the same pedal with different colors. And then they have modulation. Again, same pedals, different colors. Um, And I believe some of the controls may be different on these. And so if you want the specific controls, like you might have to get the specific pedal or whatever, but the whole idea is you can flash them and have different sounds um, or, or double up. Many of them have, I think others have multiple engines so you can like mix and match. Of course they're all stereo, which is really cool because even their drive pedal is stereo input. Right. Um, Which is pretty nuts. You don't normally see that. Um, So then they have the Solman MIDI controller and the NeuroHub, yeah. which allows all this stuff to communicate. And the Solman MIDI controller is designed to tie all of that together and interface with external devices, okay? So that's an ecosystem, right? Because not yeah. only are they providing you all the functionality work within your own realm, right? And you can do it with a proprietary cabling system and never touch MIDI if you really want to. Or you can use their MIDI controller and it's all you know literally push button simplicity you don't have to go and do a whole lot of programming um right and i think that's i think that's superior to what strymon does i do um and it's mostly because they have the controller apparatus that's a big part of it right um but also because the pedals are small i'm not like even their biggest pedals are not much bigger than a than you know your normal like um, yeah,
1: the Ventress and the Nemesis, one of
0: the Hammond colliders. You know, like it's it's like a, a double pedal. You know, it's not. there yeah. nothing is larger than that. It's about a pedal and a half. I think everything's smaller than the Strymon Big Box stuff. Because I, because I, yeah. Now I remember when I got my Boss DD five hundred. I thought the Strymon <laughs> the Stryman stuff was bigger. It's not. They're they're basically the same size. Um, this is a lot, slightly smaller than the Strymon Big Box stuff for for yeah. the collider, which is a delay and reverb in the same box. Right, that's what I was saying. A lot of people are saying the quality level of the delay and reverbs in the collider is actually better than what you get out of Strymon at, you know, the four hundred dollar price point. Yeah. Um but well actually, the collider yeah. is three
1: hundred and fifty dollars.
0: Yes, but I, mean, I don't but know. it's a delay yeah. and reverb gym, and in order to do that from
1: Strymon, oh, you that's have to
0: spend eight hundred.
1: Yeah. You about it by the two, which is like, yeah, eight hundred and fifty dollars yeah. or nine hundred dollars. <laughs> okay, so I wanna I wanna say this. So Let's let's roll the clock back a little bit. Yeah, okay. Does anybody remember the the tuna melt and all the other Yeah, the Dan electro. Um, right. Now I'm not saying that was a that was a That's um, the
0: opposite of an ecosystem.
1: That's brand. I'm not that's <laughs> right. It was a branding thing. And then boss saw that and they said, now wait a minute. If we built a pedal board that fit which the by the way compact pedals <laughs> Took the boss Cap pack pedals. Pedal, you can still you, buy them. You can buy one right now on sale at Guitar Center for $159.99. So um <laughs> uh, you can look at the like
0: he's like, I need to take that
2: home. <laughs> I did look at it.
1: Um, but if I had more than one boss pedal. Two. Two boss battles. Three. Sorry. <laughs> You're not Wow, I actually me. am in the small one. I have the I have the tuner, I have the metal zone. Remember my my uh My Metal Zone that's been um, antiqued. Uh, (laughs) You mean your doorstop? Yeah. I still got to do a video. But um, my Metal Zone and my DS-1. (laughs) (laughs) I got a doorstop and a paperweight. (laughs) Listen, Listen, mister.
0: (laughs)
2: Pretty soon he's going to be hammering nails in that DS-1.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But anyway.
2: I'm sorry. So I'm sorry. To, I apologize.
1: Anyway, I'm I just but I I'm sitting here I'm laughing so hard my, my eyes are tearing. Um the fact is though, if I was um if I was to use that leak that level of boss pedals, which I know a lot of people that do, I really yeah, do. Yeah. I I hey I've done um, it. if I mean let's face it, you could <clears throat> you could easily fill a five pedal Boss uh, pedal board, those pedal boards that yeah. they make, and they're nice. They're plastic. They're it's also the, the, contained. It's yeah, got a power the, the supply built plastic.
0: in. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna talk I mean. about a plastic pedal at the end of this episode. <laughs> trust me. But <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: because yeah, we'll you there. got one coming up. But my point is, I think that was the beginning of an ecosystem for pedals. Sure, well, because that was a long time ago. Uh,
0: yeah, and that is because they have a they offered a product that was like kind of extra pedal. But right. the problem with Boss doing that is like they branded it specifically to their pedals. Now, I've seen solutions where people like make other pedals fit or whatever, and that's fine. Um, yeah. I just think that like, and I guess that's really what an ecosystem is, is, is it is a branded specifically to the devices you have. Um, and right. if you're going to talk about companies that make a comprehensive line of pedals, Boss is it. I mean, they they make yeah. everything except I mean, for an IR letter which i think is going to come this year. When,
1: yeah, i i'm willing to bet we're going to see something in NAM, but um so if i looked at Boss right now at the at this is what i like about Boss that nobody else is doing. I don't care if it's driving. i don't care if it's it's Source Audio anybody. Nobody else is saying, you know what, at this price point, i have this series of pedals you can put them together and you can make yourself this thing. And then at the next price point, so you got you got your regular boss pedals, you've got your your wazacraft boss pedals you've got your new um, 200 line boss pedals right your DD and your RR and this the other new thing right <clears throat> and then you've got the highest end that they're putting together which is the the, um, the 500 line so if you if you looked at what boss has done, I'm saying it, I'm not saying it's super awesome, but I'm not sitting here touting it. What I'm saying is it's genius in the marketing because you literally can say, I'm just going to put together, like I looked at, I looked at the boss thing and I was like, wow, for a few hundred dollars, I could literally get my, um, modulation reverb, um, uh, delay and, uh, what's the other thing? The the drive all in it. Just. Those 200 line pedals, just buy the lot of the 200 line pedals, stick them, stick them on a board and I'm done. And so I can understand how a Strymon, yeah. um fan and a Strymon user could say the same thing and say, you know what? I love Strymen, and um, I'm going to, I'm going to do just that. I don't need to learn anything new. I don't need to go outside of my comfort zone. And uh, I like the way they sound. There's nothing wrong with that, and I and I know we both can can agree on that. Um, so, and the same with the Source Audio. I saw that that video that you sent me from uh, uh, Sweetwater, and they were talking about the um, the ecosystem and how Source Audio's got. Hey, that's we what just- that whole
0: <laughs> video is based on. It's like, hey, like look yeah. how simple this is to build this like really complex pedal setup with all these different things going on. And, um, right. it was pretty straightforward, you know, how it worked. And I saw that and was like, oh, here's, um, here's what, you know, here's what you have to do. So, yeah. you know, um, I think, I think there are other companies that have done similar things to like what boss and, and these other companies, have. it's like, they're, uh, by gang, right? Like being the the Chinese company that like, they're yeah. kind of behind some other companies too. Um, they made the what they called the Live Master, which was this like modular, um, <laughs> it was like cartridge-based pedal board thing that you could put cartridges in. And, and other people have tried to do it too. Debbie Ever was another one. It was like, here, I'm just going to give you this shell, which is basically a pedal board, and you're going to plug your circuits in, and the shell will have all your switching and stuff in it. But the, you can then, you know, just like line up your circuits. And the advantage, of course, is that like you have a smaller board.
1: Um, right. And it wasn't it TC that did the the tone print thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I don't, I don't see how that
0: plays into this as much. Um, but so what I, what what I really wanted to switch gears. So obviously I have the Kemper, right. Um, and I know I, I would be remiss to talk about the fact that there is a ecosystem that exists for the Kemper that is not run by the manufacturer. Okay. Right. Um, it is run by third parties who produce software for the manufacturer. And, um, I want to, I want to call attention to this because this is what I call a walled garden. All right. Um, and I think everybody's kind of familiar with that terminology, but the idea is that like, if I buy profiles for my Kemper, I can't use them on anything else. So I have to keep a Kemper if I want to continue to use them, um, which that's dangerous. And and I highly recommend if you're going to get into a system like that, you be very conscious about what you're spending. Um, the, the classic example is, um, uh, Who's the, oh, uh, Universal Audio. So they make right. these fantastic sounding interfaces, but they have, and they have these processors in them that can allow you to run plugins. But the plugins are like $100 each, if not yep. more. Um, and they only run on Source Audio products. Right. So if you want to migrate away and continue to use those plugins, touch it. Yeah, um, good luck. Rock out, and uh, honestly, uh, you see it a lot more in the software world, but but that's what I want to talk about. so the the good things of course, about this like branding, you know, whatever you call it, ecosystem thing is that um yep. you get the benefits, right? Like like easy switching, um modularity, even like just down to the size level of modularity because I was looking at the source, so source uses the same enclosure for everything. You can use pedal couplers you could literally right. have like the solid pedal couplers and put the pedals like a quarter of an inch away from one another on your board i mean that, you want to yeah. talk about space management that's that's how you do it um but so that so that's one of the one of the benefits and of course this is easy communication switching that kind of thing um and then also just having things talk to the right impedances and that's something people right. forget about is that not all pedals are designed to function the same way and sometimes you can have these weird impedance mismatches and things, especially anybody who's tinkered with vintage pedals, you know that like yeah. they are extremely esoteric. And if you put, like, if I take my, my, uh, my fuzz faces and I put them next to a, to an old crybaby, it's just going to squeal like a pig. Um, much better. Yeah. You know, that's not an ecosystem. That's the complete opposite of that, yeah. which is <laughs> funny because Dunlop makes the fuzz face and Dunlop also makes the crybaby. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but but I wanna be I wanna be careful to distinguish, you know, between good and bad and of course the bad is like the walled garden, this idea that you're spending money on a product that you're not gonna recuperate. Um and that kind of thing. So um uh, I don't know. I think this plays into to a lot of the things we've talked about on the show before, but I wanna be like I wanna be fair and unbiased. I'm not I didn't start this topic to like slam companies like Stryman or or any of these people that do this kind of thing. But I think they're certainly like, if you're going to build a source, if you're going to buy a source audio pedal, I I would hesitate to be like, just buy a source audio pedal. I would be like, look, if you're going to do that, you should really consider getting these other products because they all play well together and it's going to give you extra, you know, like it's going to give you more bang for your buck. Um, Whereas if you're, you know, when you're building a pedal board, like a lot of people are, they're driven by tone, right? They have tone madness and, I've been there. Trust me. I, I used to see the pile of pedals that's on the table behind me. Um, it's, it's covered. Um, Tone madness is like, I, it has to sound good. I don't care what it is. I'm just going to put it on my board and and, and I'm only going to select the best sounding one. Um, yeah. And then you end up with like five really good sounding pedals on their own that do not play well together at all. Um, either power wise or size wise and all these different things. It's like, you got to remember, um, convenience is a big part of the game and you got to kind of like select things. So if you're going to go through this whole process of putting together a board and you're going to start from scratch and you consider like, I really like Strymon and I would say the same thing to use, like, well, if you're going to get the Strymon delay, you probably ought to get the reverb and you might want to get one of their drive pedals, you know, or you might want to get their modulation pedal. Like it, it, it almost gets to the point where it's just, you're just, you're not really so much buying brand allegiance. You're just making it easier on yourself. Um, right. Cause I've done the ES8, right. Like, and programming MIDI patches and having, you know, 15 sounds on a, on a bank and all that stuff and having to like literally go in and program each individual pedal on and off. And then, you know, tempo changes on this button and all this stuff. And, and, and it's cool. And it's really it makes you feel really good to get it working, but then you realize, like, you look down at your watch and you're, you're like, I've been here for two hours and I got three sounds. <laughs> like, what yep. am I doing? And um, so that there, there's that to be said about it too. Like, this is the reason why I would consider going and getting, you know, an ecosystem product. But the, but the, uh, the danger for me, and this is what occurred to me, um, this afternoon, and this I was looking at source stuff and looking at pedal boards, is that. Um, what happens if source goes belly up? Yeah. You you lose your software, right? Like that's the first hypothetical that happens because over time you're going to have difficulty getting the software, assuming they're not acquired. Right. Um, right. And then once that happens, you might be able to still control the device with MIDI. Um, if it has a MIDI Jack or you have the, you know, the controller apparatus, which you might be able to pick up used. Right. Um, and because you're not going to sell it at that point because the prices are going to go through the floor. Um, right. And I think I think that's the, the main gripe I have. And it's not really necessarily ecosystem products so much as digital products where this is right. an issue because um, and I can't think of real analog ecosystems. I'm sure they exist. Um, I, we mentioned the, the Live Master and of course you mentioned the Boss stuff. Um, but I, I, mm-hmm. I feel like we're we're missing something there is an actual analog equivalent to this process and that that would probably be immune to these digital issues right so like having to have the software having to have you know this and that um it's like tube amps right when when uh tubes were in danger of stopping production people started freaking out and buying all the tubes because they suddenly realized you know I'm not going to be able to get these um right and they weren't going to give up their gear you know um so I don't know. I just, you know, I kind of want to like make people aware of it. Like if you're going to do this, think through the whole purchase process, do the best thing for you. Um, You know, maybe, it maybe you should go tone crazy and like, no, I'm not using that because, um, you know, it, it doesn't sound good, even though it, you know, integrates perfectly with everything else I have. Um, And maybe, you know, if a smaller board that, or like your particular situation that works better for you, but just, you know, be aware that, these things do exist. I was shocked that Source Audio had the level of quality behind their products that they do. Um now they are made they're manufactured in China, designed here in the US, you know. Streamer is made all here in the US apparently. Um I still I still dispute that. I still believe their boards are probably populated somewhere else. Um it's just there's not that much electronics manufacturing in the United States anymore. And it would be, it would be highly suspect if that were the case. I mean, there's Texas Instruments, but they're really just putting together microprocessors. And a lot of times they're shipping overseas. So, you know, something Mm -hmm. that, something to think about, you know, I wouldn't buy into the hype that any pedal is made in the States unless it's like surface mount through hole. um, (laughs) Not, not surface mount, but through hole. Uh, JHS surface mount though is made here. I know that for I know that for sure. Um, Isn't Wappler built in the states? Yeah, I don't think he does surface mount. Roll. No, no. So, um, and if he has, but still, if he, he has, is, he has they, mount- they're built here. Yeah, and and, and most yeah. of the like most of the through holes and most of the people that say their stuff's produced here are it's when you get into digital and they say they're assembled yeah. in the United States. Look, not even Fractal is made here anymore. Okay, right. the first right. generation of Ax Effects was allegedly made here. But that has since stopped. That has stopped long ago. Um, so yeah,
1: I'm not saying, oh, I have a blues driver too. Yeah. Well, I was just mentioning my other boss. So, can I we have.
0: can we switch gears? Let's let's talk about brand dilution because this came up in the group too. Um, Jim and I had a conversation yeah, about it, gonna, and then Jim yeah, got, so peed it. Kind of... he got peed on. So I thought we should talk about it on the show no, instead.
1: I, I, it, it it started going in another direction, so I decided to take the thing down. It was like, oh, let's do some bashing, and it wasn't that wasn't what it was about. So. I want to talk about brand dilution and and the reason I want to talk about brand dilution is because I want to talk about what happens and there's a positive and negative that happens when a brand starts stepping outside of what its uh, core values were at one point. And uh, so at one time, for the most part, Fender was famous for two things they were famous for guitars and they were famous for amplifiers. I mean, you know like you mentioned the passport mm-hmm. but um for the most part um they were famous for those two things um and a lot of comp- other companies were famous for their, their PA gear um not not in the least which carvin um so the the thing that has happened is it that, and I realize I know that Fender isn't sitting there pumping T-shirts out in the Corno, Coronado factory or Corona factory.
2: I know no, that's
1: right? <laughs> Coronado, right? But it's, it's close enough to California, yeah, <laughs> like in, somewhere out there California. I know where Cal- I know Coronado is. I can drive there. But um, you know, I know they're not making those in the factory. They're just saying, "Hey, T-shirt company, put our brand on there." But I look in the I look in the T-shirt section of our store and it's almost all Fender and the hats almost all Fender. And and I realize that that means that they're trying to get you to wear it because then you're, you're becoming you're, like, you're like a, a billboard, you're fan. a billboard, right? You're a jets fan. You're a giants fan. You're, you're whatever. You're supporting the company by throwing them a few dollars, but you're also, as you said, they're, they're you're their billboard. And I, I only want to talk a little bit about the dilution because it's almost like fender with the things they've been doing have been walking down the same lines that other guitar companies walked to to take themselves into a place where you don't not necessarily spending too much money but diluting the brand and going too too wide and this is this is where it gets to like okay when when i grew up there was a company called xerox okay i don't know if they even exist anymore i'm sure they do uh, but now, then all of a sudden, when you went to make a copy, somebody would say, go make a Xerox because Xerox became synonymous with copies. Don't give me a tissue. Get me a Kleenex. You know, it, it became a, a word that no longer meant a brand. It was just a it's just like now I'm not saying Coke is small or that Coke is hurting, but Coke. Somebody he says, oh, give me a Coke. Then they said, well, you want Pepsi? Yeah, that same thing. No. They don't even care. No. Not the same. no, not every I know not everybody, but I'm just saying there are people who go, Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. They don't care. They don't care. I'm not saying everybody. I'm just saying a lot of people. So when um when you take the dilution of the of the brand, you take away, in my opinion, you're taking away the power that the brand's name upholds. I mean, I can understand when you're putting it on something that's a a guitar or guitar object. But now you could walk into somebody's house and they could have a fender cutting. I was joking with someone today because they were talking about fender products that came in and I said, I now have a fender lunchbox and I could give you this fender t-shirt. I could say this fender hat, this fender, you know, these fender socks. I can give you this fender um, key ring and a, and a bottle opener, a cutting board and, and <laughs> all right. And some other things. I mean, you see what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, no, no, no. Suddenly it's not a it's not important, it's not special. It it kind of goes to that if everything's special, nothing's special type thing. It's all, all right.
0: Too. all right. So let me let me interject and, and get started here. Cause because I, I completely disagree um with, with regard to um a lot of the stuff that goes on. So like when I hear about Marshall making a cell phone, I'm like, are you effing yeah. kidding me? Like they had, I, I thought they made. A, they made a cell phone. They made a Bluetooth speaker. They made a refrigerator. Um, yeah, that, that that was ridiculous. Those are the three lifestyle prices. On what the hell? Um, the refrigerator sells very well. Okay, for everybody who's oh, like yeah. a basement musician, they want to yeah. have that in their... you know, in their Yeah, the, the Marshall
1: branded refrigerator right. is a big. So cell. whatever,
0: Marshall branded refrigerator. I get it. Like that's one thing that. Yeah, that was kind of a smart idea because of the form factor, and um, and it's going to go in. You know, next to your marshals, um, which which is probably going to make them noisy as hell because of the motor and everything in it. But,
1: um, my kid told me to buy one. I said, Ah, oh, they'll have them. You can't find them.
0: Anymore. No, and they and when they do show up, they're expensive, um, and they're gone like that. Yeah. So, um, there's the Marshall
1: fridge. Oh, we're on the Fender one. I saw a Fender one. Um, Fender has one, but it looks like a gas pump. And it looks so cool. And it's got fender on the top and it, and it looks like a gas pump and it's fender guy and it, it's actually a refrigerator. And I thought that was the coolest thing. Yeah. Those big ticket items like
0: that, cell phones, yep. refrigerators, Bluetooth speaker units, um, which I kind of get the Bluetooth speaker thing more than the rest of them because that's kind of what Marshall's known for. Um, Fenders delved into some of this stuff too. They produce some stuff that you're like, what? They had an endorsed cell phone from LG um that was like
1: oh who's the one that did the the uh volkswagen was that no Fox? it's fender
0: fender is involved with they, oh, well, so oh. then that, that's just their branded speakers which if you don't know like they have um they have a pretty comprehensive speaker company now because they offer a lot of things And that was one of the things given the group is that the um they have uh in-ear monitors and you know like these are off-the-wall things for fender like what, what's fender known for they're known for electric guitars they're known for, uh, to some people, acoustic guitars. They're known for basses, obviously, because they pretty much invented that. Um, and, of course, amplification. And if, if you go back and trace history, and I had to kind of remind you about this, but, I mean, they made amps for 10 years before they ever made an electric guitar. Um, and they were, they actually were making money doing that. Um, and that was Leo Fender's primary hobby originally was, you know, transistor radio repair tube radio repair.
1: Oh, yeah. um Amps- which is fine yeah
0: Amps- which is fine so like when they come out with a pa product when they came out with the passport series of pa products like i got it you know what i mean and i think everybody kind of like okay yeah they've always made that kind of stuff because they had like the bandmaster thing and um they've always made some sort of sound reinforcement product which is fine like that totally makes sense but um, when you spot, when you talk about the t-shirts, the hats, the keychains, the, uh, ashtrays, the, you know, you name it, you can get, get Fender's name on it. Um, kind of stuff. Yep. Those things are so tchotchke. Like it, they, they don't cost the company anything. First off, no, I no. mean, literally for Fender to do a t-shirt and I'm talking an elaborate t-shirt, it's three bucks i'm i'm willing to bet it might be even cheaper than well that. i mean three bucks with the cost of development and to market it and to get it into the hands of you know like all the other stuff not just printing the t-shirt and buying it from the manufacturer that makes them because you know fender isn't making
1: their own t-shirts um no that's what i'm saying but it's not matter of yeah. fact they, they are probably selling the name kind of like um uh disney right right they're probably even licensing it
0: out you're you're absolutely right in that in that regard um I I mean, I don't know that that's, that's something you'd have to, you'd have to get in touch with fender about directly. But, uh, I'm, I'm just saying like those items, I don't think are forcing brand dilution. I think what forces brand dilution is when they start like making things where you go, huh? Um, like cell phones or, you know, uh, branded speakers in a car or, you know, a cigarette lighter, uh, adapter for your guitar. Like what? Right um, And I guess that even that whole thing, I look at that and I say, um, I say, you know, Hey, I get it. That's a guitar product. It's not going to be a big one. And I think the bigger danger for Fender is not this stuff. I think the bigger danger for Fender is pimping their acoustic line to the point where, the electric line doesn't matter anymore or matters a lot less. And you <laughs> know what? I got to thinking we had, I we've, we've had this conversation. What's the name of the, the telecaster acoustic thing they did. The telecoustic, Oh,
1: the acoustics Acoustic it. Right. I was just looking at that. Okay. <sighs> I had a person that was interested for about 10 minutes. And then they said, does it come with a case? I said, no, it comes with a gig bag. I said, You've got to be for 1500 bucks. For 1999. Oh, you
0: got the 1999 one? Um, so, this is why I think that product exists. And, and, and I figured <clears throat> it out. Fender's selling these things at a loss. They don't give a shit, right? They never intended to make money on these things. Do you know what they intended to do? They intended to show a product to electric guitar players to get them to go into the acoustic room and potentially pick up their acoustic guitars that's what the, the acoustasonic is. I don't know. I know whether it's accomplishing its right, so, mission is a whole right. other conversation, but uh, this product, we've been saying it from day one has no reason to exist. This was totally no. like off the wall. Like, why would we do this? Everybody looked at this thing in the industry and said, why? I don't really understand. Like, I, why would you do this? It doesn't, it, this doesn't even need to exist. Yet it does, right? And it's funny because the only ones I've seen were in the electric guitar department or, or in a platinum
1: room, right? No, so we hang them We hang them right in the acoustic guitars. Matter of fact, it's funny because where we put them and whether Fender – because sometimes they'll pay to have – To get priority
0: listing or something.
1: They'll, they'll tell – right. They'll tell Guitar Center, put them here. They're literally hanging right over top of our Gibsons. So, we have three acoustic sonics in three colors hanging, and they have not sold one hanging over our Gibsons. Mm-hmm. So, three $2,000 acoustic sonics are hanging over top of three and $3,000 plus Gibson acoustics. The Hummingbird, the Dove, the, they're not even on the same wall <laughs> as the Feders, <laughs> but they're, they're across the room. It literally because some people. I, I literally have people that walk into the acoustic room. They're looking, looking, looking. They're like, do you guys carry Martin? I'm like, did you actually turn around? I, I And so, you know, that's what goes in my head, but I know, oh, no, the Martins are right here. Oh, they're right here. They were right behind me the whole time. I mean, I mean,
0: to be completely sorry. honest, your acoustic guitar department is way more organized than most of my go in. And, and that's just yeah. like, what guitar do we want to hang here today, John? Like, <laughs> you
1: know? yeah, no, ours are, ours are by, um, classic there's they're, supo- um, they're supposed so it, to be but they're never that way like that's yeah ours are yeah, definitely and and believe it or not during our shifts it is now whether or not they're upholding it or not it is our job to go out check to make sure the pops are readable the, the um the price tags make sure that they're talked correctly that the guitars are shiny, that there isn't a lot of fingerprints all over them. I literally carry a rag in my pocket, like a guy mm-hmm, that asks if you the F-level uh, guitar centers around here. I yeah, I'm just saying that. that I mean, that's, I mean that's our the job. joke around so here I, is
0: you're lucky if you get all the knobs,
1: okay? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I I've been to places where it's like, hey Harry, where do we have
2: the the um the way bars the, for the, the with No oh, knobs.
1: Whoa you mean somebody <laughs> used an allen key to get that off you know what i don't know how to do that. Um, i had a guy he didn't he didn't know i mean you know that that uh some of the, uh, the prs is the way they keep their whammy bars in is little little allen key you just tighten it down just a little bit but the the point is that these guitars to me you're right they they don't have a purpose to exist no but I I just want to say this, that this is, this is the thing I've never met somebody. Well, I couldn't say never. I rarely meet people who go, wow, I really want a Fender acoustic. It doesn't happen. And, 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 and you know what? I'm sure Fender knows
0: that um, because they do focus groups and they have a marketing company. Right. And I'm sure that they're looking at that and they're going, how do we sell these? And right, they're trying everything they can. They tried to get John Mayer to endorse an a fender acoustic that that failed miserably and ended up with him leaving and going to p r s um and yeah. I've heard that story about other people that that have taken fender endorsements too um that they were not allowed to have acoustic endorsements with their companies because they want to force people to play fender guitars uh fender acoustics, yeah, you know what honestly um. I, I I don't think they're terrible guitars. Uh I've played several no, no. of them I liked. I played a lot of bad ones too, but that's you know, that's hit or miss, especially the acoustic level that I would be playing is like really inexpensive. Um and I'll say this though. I personally think that Fender should have killed the acoustic line a long time ago. Yeah. It's just not, it's not making money for him. It really isn't. And there's no way yeah, in I hell it's going to. And I don't think just sonic's gonna recu- rescue it. Um, because I think there are already better options in the space and the people that would be looking for that are probably looking at things like the golden multi, the golden multi-ax and stuff like that. Um, which do similar things. Um, and I just don't see that this, like that, that that product of these users, but it's the brand dilution that, that happens by by when you take your core stuff and you screw it up. Right. Um, the, I, and as somebody, I'm sure there will absolutely be people that will argue against me on this, but I'm going to say it anyway. The uh, Time Machine series or whatever, the, the alternate reality thing, alternate oh, universe yeah, yeah, models, yeah. those are brand dilution, okay? You are not using yep. the iconic body shapes that have shaped your company for the last 70 years, and you have no desire to. And now you're getting to the point where you're just trying to mix them up because you're just like, you're just grasping straw. That's what it makes you look like. Now, whether that's the, the uh, consumer opinion on this, you know, different thing, but I, I know that they sit in my local stores because they're not, they're just not widely regarded. And they were, a lot of them were custom shop models, Um, which, you know, if you're going to do something, yeah, I guess that's what the custom shop is for to do like weird one-off stuff. But I really feel like that was probably a, a net loss for them on, on that. But, um, you know, maybe get enough people to come to the stores and buy strats and tellies that they didn't care. Um, and I think there's a lot of collateral that goes on there. Now, the other company that we kind of talk a lot about on the show and people hate us when we talk about it, but I'm going to talk about them again tonight and I'm going to do it. Um, Gibson, of course, we saw what happened to them. Right. Um, and that, and That's a lot right. of people say, oh, they were a victim of, of brand dissolution. They weren't, okay? Um, they were a victim of poor planning, uh, a horrendous product launch, and then screwing up their entire product line and basically dissoluting the you know the the idea of what those iconic guitars was, which I mean, I'm sorry, but when you take a when you take a Les Paul, which is known for being kind of a meat and potatoes guitar that sounds in a very specific way, and then you put robot tuners yeah. on it, and offer boosts yep. and five different like selector switches inside the guitar and all this craziness. And then you flatten the radius and you put some crazy like brass nut thing on there so that you don't have to set the guitars pro- up properly from the factory. Yes, folks, that's why I believe they did it. Um th- It's pretty clear that you've lost touch with what you actually are. Like you don't understand that branding is only part of the equation. Okay. Who you are, your identity your brand identity is determined by your relationship between you and the consumer and so if the consumer is not congruent with your idea they're not going to buy your products and vice versa so it is your responsibility on both sides to understand what's going on it's the consumer's responsibility to understand what they're buying and it's the company's responsibility to understand what they're providing and i think in that situation it was a complete disjoint and it broke the company and they they basically lost a ton of money so much. So in fact that uh, a lot of the other business dealings that they were doing that were probably pretty smart ended up ended up uh, suffering and now Gibson's in the boat that it's in right now. Um, Whereas I don't think Fender. So like Fender is taking risks at the right time in the sense that look, Fender is, is at the height of popularity when I was a kid. um, And this was not that long ago, right? I'm, I'm only 35. I'll be 35 (laughs) in December. Um, when I was a kid, the guitars to have were Gibsons. Everybody wanted Les Paul's, everybody wanted Flying V's, everybody wanted SG's. It's all you would see in Guitar World magazine. All of the new metal guys were playing them, or they had Ivan's right? And yep. Fenders were like, oh, those are for those blues guys, right? Those are for those dudes. Um, and I can remember being like, you know what, I want a Fender because it's a professional level guitar, not because of the music that it was made on it. Um, that didn't happen till later, where I was like, no, no, I get it now. Like the, And and I like my guitar because it, you know, it was used by these cats. Um, and I kind of, I think that, that that has come full circle. And this generation, that's what they want. They want bolt-on-neck guitars, meat and potatoes, you know, Stratocasters, Tellies, things like that, Jazzmasters. Um, offsets are really popular right now. I think a lot of people feel like, uh offsets are are, you know, making fenders money. Um, I don't think they still account for probably less than twenty percent I mean, I, I want to say they still probably account for less than twenty percent of the company's sales. Even today, um, as popular as they are, because the the I the, the tally and the Stratocaster are juggernauts and they're not just juggernauts with the current generation. So that's why Right.
2: You know
1: I I'll say this. I'm gonna say this from from talking to customers as they walk in the majority of people would love to own a gibson and they would love to own one of the top tier vendors or prs's but the majority of the people that walk out the store buy what they can afford that's really what
0: I'm seeing. You made it into a brand thing, but the accuracy of what you're saying is everybody wants a nice guitar.
1: Right. That's what I'm saying. The top tier. Now I, I you know, I, I know I left out music band and all the other stuff, but that's because I don't see they're not there. It okay, so when you walk out through the counter in our in our store, you've got the big guys, right? Those are the ones that are hanging behind me. So it's PRS the high end stuff uh the gibsons are literally right at my back and the and the fenders are just to my right those are the ones they're they're doing this to and the, the listeners can't see me but I'm looking up and you know kind of ah, uh, you know where and then I say would you like to try one and they're like oh no no i can't even afford it it's not no i've heard terrible things or no i can afford- yeah it's just like can't the afford most it part. but right I can't afford. And then the ones that, that can, they know exactly what they're in there after. The ones that can walk in, they grab the one they want, they try it, and either they fell in love with the neck or they didn't. And if the one, if they didn't fall in love with the neck, they may try a couple more. That's really what it comes down to. I um, think I, I think that's a,
0: a gross oversimplification of the problem. But yeah, I, I I tend to agree.
1: No, no. I'm just saying what, what I'm seeing. I'm not saying what, what uh well i i, I
0: we, it's well, great it's here, great that you're seeing that you're seeing a trend where you're at but i'm just saying like you're in like a pocket universe there because because you know like I so many people universe. are buying guitars online now that that's i mean
1: yeah we live we all live that's in that's all i'm saying universe. like that's what i would a, say. A, a yeah, personal yeah. experience yeah.
0: informs some somewhat but it's like you got to remember that the the retail industry has changed so much that whether you work in a mom and pop or you work at guitar center, like you're not, or you work at musicians, friend, you ha- do not have visibility to everything that's going
1: on in terms of, you oh, know. Couldn't possibly. Right. I don't know what, what, uh, you know, Billy Joe Jim Bob or Billy, <laughs> Billy Jean Jim Bob is doing at home. I mean, he or she may or may not be staring at whatever. I, I, I just whether, don't, whether I, I
0: personally just don't think people covet. Like they're, they're not looking at it and going, well, that's expensive. I have to have that. I, I honestly think that, nope. that that's like the, I think it's more of a budget minded decision for everybody. And I think that's why I agree with you yeah. is that, you know, it's like yeah. when they walk in, they see that Les Paul and they're like, I don't want to touch that because it's really just, it's just out of my price range. That doesn't necessarily mean they want right. that guitar. That just means it's out of their price range.
1: Most of them. I, um, when I ask what I ask and I get, I, cause I don't always have time. Um, the response is, um, I don't want to fall in love with it. Kind of like when you take a car out. Yeah, I know. But that's, you but that's a lot of it that's you that people being
0: nice too. It's like, well, I really don't want to because it's not what I'm here for, you know?
1: No, I mean, I'm just saying, when they say I'd I'd love to have one, well, take it down, take it for a test drive. To me, it would be a driving factor to me. It would be a driving factor to want to earn more in one way or another to try to, to drive, drive in every direction. But not everybody's got that. And not everybody has that, that ability to earn that much, so it wouldn't matter where that would be expendable cash. But I, on the outside of that, this is what I want to say, we all, and that's what I wanted to get to, we all live in our bubbles mm-hmm. so So when I talk about brand dilution, when I, when I talk about it, I'm just saying I, I, I imagine, because I'm an imaginative guy, right? I, I, my brain goes to weird places, right? I firsthand much- I can tell you this. <laughs> Too much South Park. It's a bit like being a on.
0: Doctor so, Who's companion over here.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so when I when I look at all that stuff that Fender's got their name on, I picture a person who comes home and they've got a Fender throw rug and they've got their dog is wearing a Fender collar with a Fender um uh, name tag and they're feeding them dog biscuits with Fender okay, on all it. Right. and they're and yeah yeah, yeah you know yeah. what I mean? They've got the but, Fender later. But Jim, can I
0: ask you a question? how many people are congruent with that idea a lot oh (laughs) bullshit bullshit
1: nobody has that kind of money (laughs) jim (laughs) you don't have to have a lot of money but that's the beauty of it you know when i when i watch people come in and they buy gifts for for somebody that's a musician they buy silly like yeah them, they right? buy a they mug or something.
0: something but that doesn't mean they have 20 other mugs at home already you know what i mean like that's that's what i'm getting at i do well yeah jim <laughs> but you're not the model of the universe like dude no look, i'm not look, I'm look at me the... right like i'm a, I am, i'm for example I, am... I spend a lot of money on gear i'm in mountain of debt right now because of it and if you if you like i would be the guy that you'd expect to have like the fender t-shirts and the you know um The only stuff I've ever gotten. Do you want me to show you how many I have? Uh, I don't actually. Not at all. That would really like, no. Um, I'm laughing because like, I actually do have some of this stuff, but it's all been given to me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would never buy that stuff because, and and it's just because I don't care. Like, all I want to do is play it. I have, you
1: know, I have the Marshall key thing that where you put your keys. Actually, I think that's a cool, that's
0: a cool piece. That's not I, a that's brand cool, dilution man. thing. And that is that is something that's legitimately
1: useful. And the same company makes a Fender one. So, again, I'm sure that that's a, that's a yeah, marketing a license. Uh, license, license fee. But it, this is the thing, though. Like, I'm drinking from a Pops Diner cup, right? You know, <sighs> He's going like to brand this. everything. It's, it's a, I have everything I own because I wanted to get to the ecosystem thing. So, I have an Apple Watch with More. Apple yeah see that stuff still... and an Apple phone when I didn't have Apple before it was easy not to be in a an ecosystem but now I have I have two iPads I had an iPad before by the way I had a, my my iPad one but I have two iPads no well not well no i I got to get a laptop first <laughs> but I got I got two iPads and I've got and and I, and I want to talk about where this is going and how weird this gets. So I have two iPads, I have my iPhone, right? And now I have, because I bought my new iPhone, what did I get with it? I got this freaking iWatch and it's freaking earbuds, right? So, But it's an ecosystem. When my phone rings, everything in my house yeah. rings, right? My iPads ring, my phone rings, my watch rings, and my little so earbuds if
0: you'd like to call Jim,
1: his number, no. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> And he Yes, I do. Know. And I was about to give it out.
1: It's 555-555-5555. Actually, it's
0: Zach at Zvex.com. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> uh, that's for later in the show.
1: But what's funny is, what's funny is, is that I, I want to say that it's not so much dilution because I'm the guy, I want to buy that ugly Fender sweater. Okay, this, the Christmas sweater, the ugly Christmas sweater. I want that. And I want that ugly Christmas t-shirt. Okay. (laughs) So I actually like these things. My kids bought me the Fender um, meat cutter. Oh my God. I have a Fender beer um, bottle opener. I have a, I have a, I have a Fender. It's sitting right over here. I can show it to you. I have a Fender um, stool, bar stool they use for what I was doing. Um, I don't own a Fender right, acoustic. Right. I have no interest in owning a Fender. Would I would put this
0: rate? vote in the group. How many branded items do you oh, own, you and own? what are they? Because I'd like to. Yeah. I'd be interested to find out if you have all Fender stuff, or all Marshall stuff, or all you know. <laughs> um, just just let me know, because because I I I really think this is like strange stuff when I hear that somebody has like you know the Fender rug and all this craziness. I have four. How could you hats. be that? like brand allegiant. I mean, I obviously, I'm no, you are. I him, am. Him. Brand You're what like is Mo-fi on your fighters. arm? Do not tell me you do not have brand allegiance. That's bullshit. <laughs> he's got a That's tattoo true. with a PRS it's birds true. on his arm. And he's, Oh, I don't
1: know. It's I'm true. Not in-
0: No, yeah. Bullshit.
1: <laughs> Next thing you know, he's yeah, got an apple the, tattoo I'm on his the, ass. The, I'm getting the F. I got the apple tattoo no. on my ass. You Want to see it? I, I'm going to no, I I've, <laughs> how does this happen how does the watch change its own face that's what i want to know so look at that i would never put that face looks, i can't see any there. of that i would never put that dude it's a webcam well
0: i i see that there's look. a face there but i can't see what it is is it a
1: all it is is pink with with
0: that's that not i would never
1: do that i don't even know how the hell that happens i know it looks weird i can't see it so really okay but anyway so my <laughs> enough of that <laughs> yeah i probably have if if i have 50 coffee cups i have one i mean that's I, I probably have more than that more coffee cups than that and every one of them is a different brand i
0: have two fender coffee now cups. i do have some logo merchandise but it's always like yeah. so i have like death wish coffee you know like i drink death wish i have a death yeah, wish, mug, a death wish right mug. Um yep, I've got a I have sure. Fender guitars. I have a Fender gig bag. You know what I mean? Like it's simple. I do it's have simple Fender stuff gig like that. Actually, I think yeah. I got rid of my Fender gig bag just recently. Um, but but like the point is that that kind of stuff works, <laughs> but I don't have
1: any like Fender that pedals. kind of goes
0: together, I guess, because that's equipment that used to go along with it. But it's like the thing like Fender what? pens and Fender, you know, t shirts and ashtrays and all that stuff. And like I'm sure there are collectors out there that's like the Coca-Cola people. That have like everything in their house is Coca-Cola for Fender. I absolutely 100% do not doubt that. But I do not think that is the norm. Do you know how much Game of Thrones crap I have? We've already established (laughs) that you spend an inordinate (laughs) amount of money on crap. Okay. Yes. Inordinate. Inordinate. Out of the ordinary. Okay. Um, Yes much um, too much and that's fine like i i get it everybody has their their thing and like i know some people collect star wars stuff and we you know they're, like that i get it yeah. but um i just i just think it's funny that that uh you're linking up like these 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 people who are and by the way these people that are buying my star these wars people that team. are buying all this <laughs> stuff right they're not the ones you have to worry mm-hmm. about brand disillusionment with right because they're totally right. okay no, with that. Not. Um right, right. It's the people like me that are like, eh, I don't really care. But then again, you'd have to make some products that you're going to actually take a loss on, and for the, in order for that to happen, and this stuff is peanuts, and none of it has a shelf life. Oh, yeah, none of it. You realize that? Like the only thing that has a shelf life, and this is why I didn't understand why Marshall built it was the cell phone. Uh,
1: yeah, I don't understand that still. I mean, I get a cell phone holder because those are kind of. And their throwaway I understand that you know, like people were getting those ridiculous cell phone holders with their names yeah. and was, I get this, I get the Marshall cell phone holder or a Gibson yeah, or a yeah, as long as I'm not whatever, paying extra that.
0: for it dude can you right. like all right so so what we're on the subject, you know like I, I I get it when you buy like a pedal board and then you buy the hard case because the pedals are worth thousands of dollars or whatever that you got inside, but like yes. people buying cell phones, right. And then you pay, like, let's say, let's go back to the days of yore, right? When the cell phone was like 600 bucks, because they're not, they don't cost anymore. Um, when they're 600 bucks, and then people would buy like a $75 or $100 case. I just, I'm, it's it's mind boggling to me. It's, it, you, you just spent $600 okay. on it. Why in
1: the hell are you not holding the company to
0: a higher standard?
1: <laughs> As you can see by all the fingerprints on my phone, you can't see it probably, but. My phone has no screen protector. You're insane, and it has the regular old plastic clear. Because I wanted people to know that I got the the uh, midnight <laughs> green color. Look, that look, nobody could get he's showing off. Oh
0: my gosh, Jim! By five hundred twelve. Yeah, gig. it's like uh, what, like fourteen hundred dollars?
1: Way too much. $1400 yeah.
0: but that's my point. I could see spending $100 on a case for a $1400 phone, but like I'm right. sorry, if I have to buy a $40 or $50 case for my $600 phone, I I realized that you know you want to protect that investment, but my $600 phone is only going to be around for 2 years. And I'm kind of in right. the persuasion that it's like no, I shouldn't have to buy a case. I should be able to go back to the, the manufacturer and say, "Hey, you sons of bitches, like, you you produce yep. a crap phone if I need to buy a case for it. Like, stop and think about right. that. Because um, they can right. They can engineer this right? stuff a lot tougher than they do. Uh, I'll tell you that right now. Um, oh, it'll be a That's millimeter right. thicker. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, we're talking about buying foldable phones because we want a bigger screen. Stop it. Don't you tell me that it's too thick. I don't want to carry it anymore. <laughs> no. Put some shot protection on the inside of it. Um, you know, it should be able to survive a a 20 foot fall. Like that's ridiculous. Um, and there are companies who've done it. Uh, the, the surface RT when it came out from, uh, Microsoft and I had one, um, they, they took it on a, one of those, uh, like scissor lifts up 20 feet in the air and they literally dropped it flat on the concrete because they wanted to prove that the magnesium housing wouldn't like bust or crack or break. And they picked it up and they started using it. And like, that's what I want to see. Um, and and yeah. so the fact that you have to spend like this crazy investment on extra materials to go with the stuff just drives me crazy. Um, but but yeah, so and that's the other thing is like that's part of the ecosystem, right? You think that they would produce their own case for their product, but they don't. Nope. Um, nope. So anyway, um, brand, brand dissolution, dilution, whatever you want to call it. If you want to talk about it in the group, bring it up. Let's talk. Um, I have a feeling that I'm, probably going to be on the, on the alone side of this, but I just, I can't.
1: No, I'm getting the feeling I'm going to be on the, I really do. I think that, I think that I'm probably the only person that could picture that ridiculous situation. When no, a person no. comes home, I, I can put on their Fender. I can.
0: I just don't think and- that they're the vast majority of the Fender <coughs> buyer. And, and actually I don't think that's so all the tchotchke crap. It's not, it's not aimed at the guitar player. Do you know who it's aimed at? It's aimed at the guitar players, family, friends, and relatives who are going to buy them right. that stuff for either christmas birthdays you know boss's day yep. or whatever um and right. so it, just keep that in mind i i i do i it do think sense. like i said i do think there is um what i would call dilution in the core product lines that actually are what make these companies their money um and that's dangerous and when you see that happen like one time they could right. probably survive it like i would say that would be like the gibson firebird x or whatever and then the next time you know when they decided to flatten all the boards and put crazy nuts on everything and then go robot tuners across the board yeah that's that's recipe for disaster um and
1: and the question is is it too little too late going backwards now
0: um i don't think so i think I think they need to get in touch with what their core was, um and I also think that they've made good stride towards that, good strides towards that, but I feel like they're still kind of taking two steps back in other ways and i we know what those ways are. we've talked about them on the show, um like holding right. mark Agnesi yeah. hostage that's that's a terrible thing to do um <laughs> yeah. but uh i i honestly i i think it's still. I still think about, Gibson it is, is, it Gibson's got good days ahead, but I just think it's going to be a few more years before they're completely back on track, and yeah. and uh, new buyers will be interested. Um, the meaning meaning the kids that are in high school now, um, when they get their first job, jobs, yep. they buy their first real expensive guitar. Um, are they going to go to Gibson? Maybe. Um, it could be. Maybe. Uh, I just. So we, we were talking about you know the the people that come into the store and they're like, yeah, I really want to try that, but if I do like, then I'm afraid I'm going to fall in love with it. I, I've seen that before too. I've seen, and I've interacted with people like that before, but you know what? I, I, when I go out and I actually interface with real musicians, most of them are really happy with what they have. And nowadays I'm not seeing a whole lot of Gibson. You know, I do, uh, one guy, I know he plays Firebird, um, but he's got a Strat, Telly. Um, I think he's got an SG as well, but I've only seen the Strat and Telly and then he's got that Firebird. And then another guy has a really nice 80s Les Paul, but he plays a, a Strat like last two or three times I saw him. Um, and so it's just it's a mix and match thing. And most of these guys are way older than I am. So that should tell you, like,
2: yeah.
0: there's a little bit of, you know, yeah, I've got the status instrument, but that's not necessarily what I use. Um, so
2: yeah.
0: I don't think and, and for our listeners, if you're listening and this is, you know, your first bore into thinking about this. Um, the price of the guitar really doesn't matter as much as like what you do with it. Right. And what it sounds like and all that stuff. Yep. So if it works for you, it works for you. We're not, we're not telling you should go buy an X. I don't oh, really yeah. don't no. care what you buy well, and I what you play. Know. Um, And I mean that in the best possible way. So um, we got one more segment tonight. I know we're, we're at an hour and a half. We're going to make it under the two hour mark tonight. God willing, God willing. Yes, we are. Um, yes, we are. So Jim, I'm going to hold up a, I'm going to hold up a box. <laughs> I did something, oh, yeah. I did something that I'm not, I'm not proud of, but it's budget segment. I bought the Behringer TM 300 <laughs> amp modeler. Two, oh, two amp modeler. Um, this is not one of the fancy pants Behringer line of pedals. This is, uh. so let's just get into it, shall we? Let me grab the pedal because I actually want to have it to
2: reference during this. Sorry for the dead error. All right. All right. Yep. So here it is. TM 300. Right.
0: So on here, you've got low, or you got level, low, high, drive, classic center off X for mics. Right. You got, uh mod, or you have what they call a mod, which is either clean, high gain, or hot rotted. And then you have an amp selector, for a tweed sound, a british sound which you might associate with a certain company that makes uh some really good refrigerators and the california sound which you might associate with a company that really boogies, okay? <laughs> oh, oh, that I've been I've been waiting for that one all week. Um I really believe. All right, so here's my initial impressions. Um I've heard a lot about these pedals over the years. I never actually had my hands on one. Um not this specific model, but the Behringer line that this is. And it's the uh, the plastic pedal line, right? This is their cheap stuff. Now I'm going to tell you what I paid for this pedal at the end. It, it's absolutely outrageous what I paid for this pedal. Um, Not in a bad way. Uh, But yeah, so the way you change the battery on this, Jim, <laughs> there's a pin, right, that you push on both sides. And then this whole thing comes oh. off. So instead of having oh, wow. like a button that just like lifts up like you know boss does or not boss doesn't do that uh I been to do that boss has the um yeah the screw the Little thumb screw, screw. button they had to reinvent yeah. the wheel and come up with this thing like what Digitech has done in some of their stuff over the years where you have to pop well, they had these yeah. rods through uh, dude, it's a clunky system it really sucks um i'm not I'm not even gonna lie it sucks really bad to get to your battery in here takes like a good like Three minutes, and then and then not only that. So let me see if I could do it on air while we're talking. Um, So you pop the pop the thing, and then you pull up so that so that it so that the pin won't go back in, and then you do the same thing on the other side. And then once it comes out, you can see there's a spring in here, like that that you know this is the tension spring for the for the closers, which is fine. But then there's this, there's another spring right that holds the holds the uh, foot pedal in place. And it literally just sits on a plastic like there's a like a little uh, post in here that the spring sits on and it, and just to hold it in place. Yeah. Right. The uh, the battery cable is literally the cheapest battery cable I've ever seen. I, I honestly like I'm afraid to yeah. look at, at it least because it might be just prepared. it might just break in half for me looking yeah, at it. it. Um, I, I've seen pickup <laughs> wires that are that are tougher. Jim, you know all about that. Um, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I have to give him some crap. All right. So then so then here comes the better part. Right. So, like, they were really smart and slick with the way that they designed the housing because it's all molded plastic, which means that, you know, like, the that little pin that holds the spring on in the middle. Um, maybe I'll post some pictures in the show notes. Um, the little pin that hosts, holds the spring on in the middle um, is all out of the same housing, right? Except for the the part you actually step on, which comes apart. But the funny part is the plunger that actually pushes the FET switch on the inside. It's a rubber oh thing. Right? <laughs> And it's not part well, of the molded plastic. Like what? Yeah. And yeah, I know why, because they don't yeah. want it to break the FET switch. Right. Right. Then maybe you should have designed it properly to begin with. Um, <laughs> so I I don't know. So now I'm gonna try to put this thing back together on air, which actually putting it back together was tougher than taking it apart the other night. Um, so you gotta get the yeah. spring aligned, it has to be like properly aligned, otherwise the pedal won't go back together properly. And then the the first surprise I had with this thing was I plugged it in and I started to get it going the first time. And um, I realized very quickly that, that uh, it clicks when you push it down far enough. And it actually doesn't. You know what it is? Uh. It says spring got stuck. And it was clicking every time it went up oh. and down. And I'm like, <laughs> what did they do? Like, how did they design this thing? Um, or did they design this thing? I, I, that's debatable at this point. And the other the other strange one yep. is there's only two screws on the bottom. There's two screws on the bottom. That's it. Oh yeah. Holding yep. this in. versus now, the, four. the other two screws are up here <laughs> on the back side of the oh, pedal. So that so now they have right, like, tabs. Right, or so, a Which means tab. there's an extra manufacturing process in producing this thing. Probably actually makes the unit weaker. Although, if the bottom plate is metal, which I have not taken it apart to find out, if the bottom plate is metal then that probably strengthens the plastic garbage. But then if you look real close, and I don't know if you can see this, Jim, but there's a line that runs down the side of the pedal. So this whole thing's half. Yep. So that they can assemble oh, yeah. it. So it's not even one piece molded plastic. It's like three different pieces of plastic. It's two pieces. Now, the plastic Earth, feels yeah, pretty Earth. tough. If, you ever, if you've ever held um, yep. the plastic they use in firearms manufacturing, this feels very similar. Um, right. And I will comment that the jacks on this look better than I thought they would be. They don't look great, but they're not like super El Cheapo. Um, and right, you know, so hopefully I I actually want to use this pedal for a while and then I want to give it away. Um, That's, and I'll right, tell you right, why. Right. Um, so this is a, this is a <laughs> straight clone of a Sansamp GT two. um, and if you've never used a GT two for a while, it was one of like the de facto go direct devices um, back in the early nineties when it came out. And right. um, I will say this. So I'll give you the impressions of the amp models that are here. So like they have three different circuits, the tweed, the Brent and the California, the tweed is like a fender tweed. It's pretty basic. It's almost like a basement. Um, it's nothing too crazy. Um, the Brit, and if the, by the way, the tweed is the only one that stays clean. You can get it like completely clean, which is hilarious because basemen are not known for that. Um, they're known for kind right. of dirting up, you know, uh, or any of the tweeds really. Um, and then the Brit sound. And I I say that now. I'm thinking back, and I'm like, yeah, every basement I played has been clean. So maybe that's not true. Um, the Brit sound is everything from like. Plexi up to probably 900, right? Um, I wouldn't say it goes beyond right. 900, but this thing has an insane amount of gain. If you really want it, you can probably get it to, to uh ACM 2000 territory or TSL or something like that. Um, and then the California setting is supposed to emulate Mesa boogie. I would say eh, it's debatable. Basically what it is, is the same as the Brit, except that the, uh, the mids are kind of dropped out a little bit. Um, it has a more, mesa like mid character but basically it's the same distortion circuit with different eq filtering applied um yep. what do i like about this thing uh so what i i, I guess it's probably easier to start with what i don't like i don't like the plastic construction it feels cheap i'm not sure how long this thing's gonna last um but w- when i get to the price you'll see why i don't really care how cheap it is um how cheap it feels so the uh The other things that I don't like, I think the knobs feel really chintzy. Um, The the battery LED is like this weird thing, and you know, there's just it's just some like little like product (sighs) gripes.
1: I could actually see be that being one of those things where if you change the color of the LED, it would change the tone potentially. (laughs) Potentially, Um, I I doubt it. I doubt it
0: though because this is like this is based on a GT two means it probably isn't even in the Uh it probably isn't even the signal path. But, um, so what I do like, uh, it's a straight clone of a GT two. Right. Um, and, and it, so the, uh, the controls, the low and the high controls, if you're plugging straight into your like mixer, I mean, I'm literally running the high at like nine o'clock it's, and there's so much control between, um, between like, you know, seven and nine and, you know, really 9 and 12. It's, like, completely different things. And the low control, I mean, same thing. It'll do your, like, thunderous lows all the way down to, like, you know, no no lows at all. Um, and it's a very sensitive control as well. Reminds me very much of the Wampler stuff. Um, and I like the... I basically only like one of the mic positions. the The even one. The one that sounds very mellow. And that's the classic the center and off X, like I haven't played around with them enough yet. I think if you play with the high control, you can probably get them sounding pretty good. Um, this thing's not going to do metal. It'll get like progressive rock, you know, right up to like dream theater. And then if you want to go harder than dream theater, like, forget it. Uh, (laughs) it's just not going to do it. Right. Not without, you know, help. Um, like a, a drive (laughs) coming into the front of it or something like that. And, um the other caveat I have for anybody who's considering buying one of these guys is that they're noisy. This thing is noisy. And I don't know if that's the entire Behringer line, but it's been my experience with a lot of inexpensive, cheaply made, you know, Chinese effects that they're they're pretty noisy. Um
1: Right. right If you run it yep. on
0: battery, it's not so bad, but the battery's not gonna last that long in here, I don't think. Um, so I have been running it off AC. Um, but I will say when when I tell you the price which I'm going to reveal in a moment like this is a viable option for for anybody who wants to get a SansAmp gt 2 uh and doesn't want to pay 200 bucks for a new one or you know 100 bucks for a used one um, I paid 25 dollars for this shipped shipped <laughs> brand new in the box from Sweetwater all right yep. so for me like I was sitting it was like 6 a.m. There's the day after I ordered the Kingmaker and I was lo- going to check a tracking number and I was sitting there and I was looking at Sweetwater site and I go, I should just buy this. It's, it's 25 bucks. Like what could go wrong? I should buy this. And I did. And right. I don't right. regret it at all. Um, it came out of my gear money. It's not, this is not show money that paid for this. I paid for this. No. Um, and I, I don't regret it. It's it's just expensive. And if you're like, okay, so use scenario, right? You're going to get this thing and you're going to plug directly into a PA and an open mic, which is what I, I'm pretending to use this thing. Um, right. I could buy three of these for what I would pay for the real one new. And I could have all three channels, Tweed, Brit, and California on my board and just switch them on and off as I go. I mean, that's... When you, when you make that kind of case for a product like this, and even if one yep. breaks, I've got two others sitting there that I can rely on. You know, I throw this one in the garbage and I buy another one. That's pretty convincing to me that this is a lot. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is interesting. This is a viable option. Um, if you can handle the plastic instruction, you don't jump on your pedal board. And actually, you know what? This thing may yep. this may surprise the hell out of me in terms of how, how reliable it is. But I right. I have a feeling the switch and the the input output jacks are gonna be the weak points. And it's not gonna be the plastic housing, which is kind of surprising because when I heard about these pedals at first, everybody was like, Oh, they're plastic. And um people wanted to make a big <laughs> yeah, deal out of that. that. Yep. Now um they make. They have a fully comprehensive line of pedals. The Behringer. I don't know what they consider this line. Um, and I'm probably going to buy some more for the budget segment at some point. Um, and if I can find enough cheap ones, I might buy a couple of them. Um, but I think, you know, I think what we're going to do. I think I'm going to use this for a couple months. Uh, as long as it survives, yep. I'll give it away. Um, and we'll make it a giveaway for the show remind me keep me posted cuz like i yeah. tend to forget about things like that um but this is 25 bucks you know if somebody else gets some enjoyment after right. i have done using it cuz i'm i really do want to use it for a open mic solution for a while um and just kind of like get give it through you know get it through its paces so when we do the next budget segment we'll touch base on how this went um and then we can you know yeah. talk about the giveaway and all that but uh hopefully you right. know i get i get a little bit of use out of it i actually want to go I want to jump through all the budget options for uh cabinet and amp modeling. That's kind of the idea. Cause right. uh, I'm, I, I know I'm probably going to end up with, you know, um, an atomic amplifier at some point. Um, just yeah. because it's a little bitty thing that does amp modeling. Um, and right. it's supposed to be really good. So I don't know. Uh, let me know what you guys think. Are you guys interested in the TM 300? If you have any questions or comments about it, let me know and I'll try them out and I'll test it out. I do. I do want to try to do a video um, because every video I've seen of these things is horrendous. Um, and every video I've seen of the G two G2 GT2 has been pretty bad too. Um, and I know.
1: Yeah. So you should do a I, I'd like now. to,
0: um, but all my videos suck. So
1: um, yeah, nobody watches them. So suck. they suck. Your, uh, your, your fuzz series is yeah, highly yeah, underrated. Right. Uh, as I, <laughs> <I'm serious. laughs> I recommended it, there's a, there's, there's a, a show. Meeting. He may
0: listen to the show. Um, Scott Hamilton from uh 60 cycle home podcast. And, um, uh, I don't know if he's still the host or if like what his status is over on, uh, the, uh, effects loop podcast. But, uh, he used to host that at least. And at least when I was, you know, still like listening <laughs> to every single episode. Um, and I know he's been on the show since then. Yeah. Um, he was asking about fuzz faces this week and i i kind of like i was like no dude here like the, there's, there's two people in this group that are authorized to answer your questions and and that was that was like jason buzzmonger <laughs> right. and me you know like like wait a minute how many between it's, it's between, between me and J- jason like how many fuzz faces do you think we own you know like we own all of them yeah. you know? i mean uh we have i i have i counted I have all my pedals sitting on the table before me. I have, I have like four, four or five. Right. And I have three of J- I have three of oh. Jason's in my possession. Oh. Well, technically the um technically oh, yeah. the velvet fuzz is not a is not a fuzz face. But right. you right. know what I mean? Like, okay. Uh I it's, so, you know, and, and he's like, Oh yeah, I'm looking for a fuzz face. And was like, then he bought he bought a silicon one. And and I'm not, you know, Scott, if you're listening, I'm not trying to poo poo you, but dude silicon that that's not a real fuzz face like you got to start with germanium you can get a silicon it's cool to have around and they're like a good they're good like extra thing to have around but man that's not where it's at you know yeah. <laughs> like
2: if you really want uh, one yeah, you know you back. need to
0: get this one um and i you know i i did reach out to him and i gave him some of my like thoughts and and uh shared some knowledge with him um i didn't did freak just freak him out Oh, yes. <laughs> of course it did um I didn't freak him out, yeah. though, and tell him oh, – because cause he gave me crap about the Helix because I did the shootout with the Helix. That's the one I sent to him. Um, but I didn't freak him out and tell him, like, hey, if you get a germanium one, you should put it in the freezer before you use it. <laughs>
2: it works. It Frozen, works. yeah.
1: I know it does. I know like,
0: it does. That's what I'm saying. I, I, dude, I, you, it, no one was as surprised as I was when it works, <laughs> when it worked the first time. It works
1: well in a winter winter outdoor effect pedal, right? Like it's just designed for that purpose. Even the, even the guys in the, uh, uh, what's the, uh, the, 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 trans Siberian orchestra are going, all right. It only works to any of my local listeners.
0: Cause I know that Jim and I are like separated by big chunks of the country. Um,
1: we we're we're experiencing. Um, I was extremely surprised that we had power. We're experiencing very high winds and uh, we're experiencing crap.
0: Uh, we've had snow. Yeah, you guys have got. Uh, snow. It's been cold. Um, I'm kind of sitting here every day, pretty much. You get up and you shovel off your car, or you scrape the ice off the windshield. I don't have a garage, which means that like my life is that much worse. Um, so we go out yeah. and I wait 15 minutes before I go anywhere. And you freeze your butt off while you wait. Yeah.
1: Hey, you do have to. I. That's the beauty have of living in the south. So I don't freeze my butt off moment. anymore. But. In yeah, but I got... Um, so I have a garage, which I can't use. As a matter of fact, yeah. that's the door right there. But he's there. not using he it. see it. There it is. No, the garage. What, the door? I don't need to. <laughs> I will. I, I have room in it. I can open that door and you go, why aren't you in it? I'm not one of those guys that has a bunch of his garage. My garage is empty, and it's devoid of a car too. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to have to go through. I don't have electric garage. So door he to get. He's too lazy to get out, to get out and car. open the door,
0: but he's not too lazy to buy a bunch of go fender crap and decorate his house door.
1: with it. <laughs> no, I have to go in the front door, come around the house, go through the What's house, the go you can't to buy the garage, a Game of and open the garage. <laughs> I don't. Well, I have, and here's the other funny part. I do have an electric garage door opener. You just haven't I installed owned. it yet. It's not installed because I'm short. And there's I'm these things to that they make. They're well, called ladders. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> there's also these things they that they make called yeah, friends. Yeah, which I don't that they you no, know. hey, you, know, you said it, not me, man. <laughs> uh, that's the other. Thing. I got plenty of friends. They're just other, all lazy in other areas of the country, in like I mean, other just, regions
0: of the country, so they can't, you know, come over and yell at you and be like, "Why don't you do this?"
1: <laughs> I mean. If my kid was still living here, at least I could say, Hey um, Steven, let's go. But um yeah, that I mean I think that uh you know this is this is a great segment. And and soon I'll be able to to participate in such adventures. Um hey, I wanna I
0: tag team it. And and we need to get that yeah, yeah. other tele pickup installed so we can get this thing done. Well, I know, it, it I know I'm waiting it. on it now. It's, I, um this has been yeah. I want to I want to apologize for the show. I want to take some time out, and I want to apologize specifically to Great Lakes Guitar Pickups because um, we have had uh, Jim and I both have had like a hell of a year this year, um, and I'm still going through it, yeah. um, and and Jim 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 is you as are. well. And I don't want to I don't want to get too personal with it, but like um, we got we got the set of pickups back before Gear Fest in April, and then like life got in the way for Jim multiple times and just things didn't end up panning out. Um, and I feel like we let Great Lakes down because we just like have not been on the ball. So um, I have some plans in the works to try and make it up to uh, Great Lakes. I don't know if they're going to continue um, to to do the giveaways long-term with us. Um, I hope that they would continue to do so, but I'm not like going to force their hand or like, you know, be that kind of person. If they feel they need to part yeah. with us, it's fine. Like I get it. Um, but we work with, but I still want to get a
1: second pickup for this guitar, even if uh, I got Nick pay and for it. I
0: like <laughs> great, great friends. Like we, I will continue to talk to him for years, and like, um, it's just like this just did not work out for 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 our end, really bad, and and I I feel terrible about it. So I wanted to make that public and just get it out there so everybody knows like what's really going on with this whole situation is just Jim and I like we work really hard on this show when we when we've got the time to do it, um, and we've been trying to like yep. put things back together lately. Um, just because stuff's been so nuts, and like, there's a lot of things going on in my life specifically that I don't talk about on the show. Um, that are that are driving a right. lot of this. I've got some personal situations right now that are very ugly, um, and they're not financial. Like I've I've talked about my finance on the show. Like that's open book. I'll I'll tell you how much money I make. I don't care. Um, and the fact that your home is falling apart. Yeah, the flooding, and then what, like not some personal, not flooding. yeah, some personal s- situations that are just eroding. And, um, you know, yeah. of course my, my brother was in the hospital early this year and there's a lot of that. Um, and actually if he's listening, cause I know he does listen to the show, um, uh, you know, I appreciate you tuning in and, uh, you know, all the positive vibes for everything that you've been going through the last year and a half or so. Um, yeah.
1: And I know my kid and some of his friends listen and I, and, uh, again, you know, empty nesting was difficult for me in the beginning, you know, in the beginning. And it was, it was something that I was, um, I think like, like some people, I'm not saying a lot of people were, were most people but um i was running away from my problems so it it it, it happens i mean we all
0: yeah have so, things. um that being said we you know we look out for our for our uh our friends on the, uh, our friends of the show like both you know listeners um people who interact with us as, on a professional level um speaking of which robert yep. jackson was on the show last weekend um if you haven't watched his latest video i suggest you do it and you think of, and you think about the content oh, yeah. because i'm sure yeah. Because I know I've done it too. There has been somebody that you know, or you've done it yourself, that has gone on a Facebook video or a YouTube video, either one, and said something nasty to somebody, another guitar player or whatever, um, that was just totally unjustified and and just totally unnecessary.
1: Um, now I try. Yeah. I know I've said things even in even in human interaction. Oh, probably, I probably on I could the take show. So <laughs> I, I know I'm not a perfect person i, I and, and, and a thousand all right so over that being robot. said
0: the important part about this video is that a certain person oh he made a video out of a certain person's product and um this is causing right. turmoil in our group and i want to say um i personally believe it's fair game if you're going to make a parody of a product right it doesn't mean you think a product's <laughs> terrible or that that somebody does you know that's not for everybody or that you're slamming somebody's product now, it's a little bit different. I, I I get it. Like, some people don't understand that that not, you know, like, like that pedal show couldn't, they'd say, okay, they can't do a parody show because they're always serious content. It doesn't match the tone of their channel. Right. But Robert's channel is not that channel, right? Like, right. it's not serious. It's one guy's opinion, and it's clearly one guy's opinion. Um, there's no moment right. where I ever feel like it's not, um,
1: and I and I've never thought seeing talking to or watching Robert Jackson yeah. that he had well, a mean they, they, in his body that he has ever had that's thought So in I understand his head. the right. argument
0: behind this pedal builder, but but in that video, right, a pedal builder comes to him and starts to troll him on his YouTube account because of this pedal review. Now, if you're in our group, you probably know about the shenanigans that you may have known about the shenanigans between Robert Jackson and another former member of the group. Um I'm not going to I'm not going to drag people through the mud. I it's just not worth it. Um and like my respect to anybody that works in that community and like feels like they should come to and I'm going to say it Zevex's aid on that on what happened in that situation. Listen, if you really think that Robert Jackson deterred anyone from buying a Fuzz Factory, right? You're crazy. You are absolutely yeah. out of your mind. Um, I think the reason that the video works when he when he makes fun of the Fuzz Face is because it's totally trying to use it in a way that's not consistent with what it was designed for, and it's a noisemaker, right? And Robert's attempting to use it to make you know normal sounds you know what i mean um right and and, and and this is my this is my final defense of of robert's opinion on this before i go into the next section of this, this statement i have owned a fuzz factory and the reason i sold it was because well one of the reasons I sold it and the other one is personal one and I'm not going to bring it up here. If you want to find out, you can private message me. I will have that conversation with you. Um, the reason why I sold it, the real reason was because it was a noise maker. I had other noise makers. I didn't need another one. And I had a lot of trouble, even though there are settings in the manual, they say, Oh, if you set it like this, it'll, it'll work fine. They were not consistent. It was noisy. It made noises. It made like zipping, you know, wee wee noises and stuff. And and then like I, I was using it for that. And it was okay. And I don't have any negatives to say about that part of the functionality of the pedal. I'm just saying you cannot use that pedal in a way that's consistent and sounds like a fuzz face, for example. Right? Um Right. So that being said, um, I would, I I think, and I and I want to say this to our listeners. I was pitching this as a joke, like, oh, we could do this, and then a bunch of people will reach out to Zvex and do it this way, and be like, hey, you know, somebody's pranking me. Clearly, that's what Zachary Vex will say, right? Um, I think <laughs> listeners of the show, if you if you like our show, and you like Robert Jackson, he's been on here four or five times now at this point. I would suggest you reach out to Zachary Beck. I'm going to give you his email address and you ask him to give Robert Jackson a fair shake at one of his pedals that he thinks that Robert Jackson would enjoy rather than coming on his YouTube channel and harassing him. Why not step up to the plate and say, you know what? That's not consistent with the way that this pedal is supposed to be used here. Try this and show us what you're made of because I think that's a way more positive way to end this conversation between the two of them. Um, And actually I was encouraged uh, as I was talking to to Robert earlier today, I was encouraged not to suggest we suggest z Z -Z -Z get him a fuzz pedal, but that we suggest like something else. And I said, I was kind of joking around about the lo-fi loop junkie, but I think we should get him a box of rock. I think that would be right up. And I think that would be right up uh, yep. Robert Jackson's alley Robert and I Jackson's. think that would make everything a personal and amicable situation between the two of them and it would end this whole line of garbage um, and I, I also think and and, and I will be remiss, I didn't say this but I think uh, an, an apology is owed because I don't feel like Robert Jackson went into uh, Zachary Vex's sandbox and pissed in his Wheaties but i do feel like that's no. what happened with zvex going on to his youtube video and sh- making an ass out of himself and it, i you know i know there's yeah. a lot of pedal builders who kind of like idolize zvex, and that's fine like that's your thing um totally get it um just understand they're they're just two dudes like there's no there's no hero worship here not on either side and um i really feel like I feel like they both need to apologize to one another. Um, but I but I really feel like Zvex owes it a lot more um, because that's just, that's not professional behavior. Um, and it's and it's not consistent with how you want your brand to be viewed either. Um, and so, yeah. I, I mean, I can share a dozen experiences with you with people that have, you know, kind of turned me off to their brand because of the way they, they behave. And especially in the small builder community where you're often working directly with the builder, you don't necessarily want to question whether this builder is somebody you want to work with. (laughs) So we talked about that, you know, the whole, we talked, but you and I talked offline about that, about, you know, putting money in the hands of somebody you don't trust. Um, So anyway, we've had a long episode. There's been a lot of topics, a lot of stuff covered tonight. I hope we, uh, we filled it up for everybody. Um, So I'm going to wrap us up, Jim, unless there's something else you got. That's it. I've been David. I've been Jim. And tonight we've been the practical guitarist. Absolutely.